Welcome to the Music Works Micro Podcast, business and mindset tips for music professionals. I'm Katie Beardsworth, founder of Polyphony Arts. And for today's business and mindset episode, I want to talk about protecting yourself as a freelance musician. First, here's a message from our sponsor. Music Works is generously supported by Alliance Musical Insurance, the UK's number one musical instrument insurer with cover for all types of instruments and musical equipment, protecting you against accidental damage, loss, theft and more. Every Alliance music policy also includes free legal assistance and support, so you can protect yourself both as a musician and in your personal life. Find out more at alliancemusic.co.uk. Alliance, serving the music community since 1960, proud to be the insurer of choice for over 70,000 musicians. Okay, so let's talk about safety and protection for freelance musicians. Firstly, I need to issue a trigger warning. I am going to talk about discrimination, harassment and abuse, including sexual abuse, racism, transphobia and child abuse. If you need support with any kind of abuse, harassment or discrimination, there is a list of organisations that can help you in various ways in the show notes. This episode is a roundup of the main points raised at a fantastic session on protecting yourself as a freelance musician hosted last week by Rocket Opera. It was a great pleasure for me to chair the session at which there were three excellent panellists, Naomi Pohl, Deputy General Secretary of the Musicians Union, Matthew Rook, a composer with a rich background in arts funding and leading arts organisations, and Sebastian Valentine, former opera singer and detective in the police with a specialism in safeguarding children and adults. The opera singers and other musicians from Rocket Opera's fabulous community who made up the audience took part in a really interesting and enlightening Q&A at the end. We wanted the discussion to take place in a private, safe forum and so decided not to record the session but there was such a lot of important information and reflection there that I wanted to make sure that this was available as widely as possible. So I'm going to summarize it on this micro podcast today. The session lasted over two hours, so this may not be the most micro of micro podcasts, but I do want to give this the time it deserves. The importance of this discussion became clear immediately as soon as we started. I mentioned that we should acknowledge that there is everyday harassment and discrimination that takes place, as well as the bigger issues and crimes. My intention in saying this was to acknowledge the fact that it is possible for a performer to feel, for example, silenced by a conductor with power. And it's a really important part of safeguarding for musicians to acknowledge this alongside more serious abuse. Sebastian Valentine, the police officer, said something which defined the whole session. There should be no every day. We should have zero tolerance for abuse and discrimination. Obviously, we all agree with him wholeheartedly. But I just want to say this again, because there's such a huge gap between this and the reality that we face in the music industry. There should be no everyday harassment, discrimination and abuse. That means that everything from soprano and viola jokes, which really wear you down if you're the recipient of them, to inappropriate behaviour in the bar after concerts, to people feeling unsafe getting home from late night working, everything that we put up with day to day, week to week, and grumble about as being a necessary part of the industry should be considered, called out, and changed. This feels so huge and almost unimaginable. 
The day-to-day -day imbalances and discriminations in the music industry are so widespread, this would take a vast culture change. So why is this so significant in the music industry in particular? Whose job is it to change it and what can be done? Naomi Pohl, who as part of her role, runs the Musicians Union's Safe Space, which is a reporting service for discrimination, harassment and abuse in the music industry, had some fantastic insights on this. Firstly, it's important to recognise that despite the fact that safeguarding issues are present in all industries, there are several things about music that makes these issues more significant and widespread in our industry. The main issues that cause this are imbalance of power, the freelance workforce, freelancers don't have the same protections in law or workplace policies and procedures as employees do, late night working, informal work environments and blurred lines between work and social life, tour buses, hotel rooms, home studios, festivals, gigs, etc., etc., and the presence of drugs and alcohol. There is a lot to say about all of these, but most importantly, everyone on the panel felt that it was not the job of individual freelancers to change them. There are huge reasons why freelancers might not stand up for their rights individually, even if there are safeguarding structures in place. We don't know who we can trust. We can't risk losing the possibility of repeat work, either with the organisation or more generally. We risk getting a reputation as being trouble. And then where does that leave us? I actually spoke to Naomi Pohl in detail about this in season one, episode 13 of Music Works in the context of sexism and sexual harassment in the music industry, which is the title of the episode. We spoke about the way touring, late night working, and the blurred lines between music and uh, between work, sorry, and social life impact careers and lives. To get more depth on the scope of this subject, do have a listen to that episode. That's episode 13 of season one of Music Works. There is also a wealth of information available in the list of organizations in the show notes. Um, they are there to help you if you have experienced abuse, harassment and discrimination. Today, I want to focus on the conversation about imbalance of power that was held on the Rocket Opera panel, as this really underpins the issues, unfair contracts, confusing work and social life balance, and the other issues I've mentioned above all contribute significantly to the imbalance of power. Um, but given that we've acknowledged it's not in the power of individuals to change that, I wanted to focus on um, the imbalance of power topic more generally, as I feel like that's the most important thing to talk about for freelancers. Um, music organizations and other industry leaders hold power um, with dealing with the, uh, with the contracts and um, working environment issues, uh, but I'll come to that later when I talk about solutions, uh, which I do promise I'm coming to. Uh, so imbalance of power, what is it and why does it have such an impact? Sebastian rendered us all silently horrified when he shared the fact that in safeguarding children, one-to-one -one music lessons are considered the highest risk activity. This means that having a one-to-one -one music lesson is the place a child is most at risk of abuse. This is a really uncomfortable truth and a horrified silence came over the group when he said this. But I'm sharing this with you because we absolutely must be able to acknowledge and understand such truths if we are to be part of a solution. We had a long conversation about this and how the study of music could lead to such abuses of power. 
We talked about the powerful pupil-master relationship, where the master has absolute knowledge and power and can command the pupil to do uncomfortable things in the pursuit of musical excellence, practice long hours, repeat, repeat phrases over and over again until they're correct. If they haven't learned their part in rehearsal or group settings, they can be instructed to play it repeatedly, showing up the error. Musicians in training can be fat shamed, have their dress sense criticized, be asked to be more masculine or more feminine. Music teachers, conductors and directors can shout, swear, and their behavior can vary enormously from one week to the next, depending on their moods. The master-pupil relationship in this sense used to be the absolute norm in music and is thankfully less common now, although I'm sure that everyone listening will have some experience of working like this. Let's remember that our musical experience as players and composers is always deeply personal and entwined with our sense of self. When learning, we can be subjected to what is actually bullying. These people seem all powerful and we can feel in order to be successful, we need to emulate that power. We are shown a world in which success can be cruel and competition and criticism is everything. We can therefore feel that that is what we need to do in order to be powerful and successful ourselves. And if you think back through the history of music and how much more prevalent these kind of behaviours were throughout history, you can see how um, the sort of power play will have developed and, and turned into something that can lead to abuse. So um, I think the really important thing is we need to change this behaviour throughout the industry. And one really good way of doing that is to model different behaviour to our colleagues, to our peers and to the future musicians. Thankfully, the behaviour and culture I'm outlining is the very worst of the industry. And there is a whole industry worth of excellent collaborators out there who we can work with. I'm really hopeful that by understanding the many, many generations of power play going on in the industry, we can mindfully turn this on its head and demonstrate to the musicians of the future that musical leaders are kind, compassionate, considerate and collegiate. The idea that people can get away with doing whatever they like just because they are artists or geniuses just doesn't wash today. With movements such as Me Too, Black Lives Matter and Justice for Sarah Everard and others like her, Activism and the awareness made possible by social media are changing things for the better. I just worry about who is being put off being in the industry at all because of the risks. Which brings me to where the music industry really falls behind, its attitude to trans and non-binary people. In opera in particular, trans and non-binary people find it exceptionally difficult to enter the industry. I cannot think of a more gendered industry than opera with voice types associated voice types associated with genders, endlessly repeated jokes about every type of singer, how, mo how many sopranos does it take to change a light bulb, ha ha ha, and the fact that so much of the repertoire is so old that gender roles themselves are totally out of date. As Sebastian said, almost all male lead roles in opera are dominant men whose sole intention is to get the girl, probably by winning a few battles along the way, and almost all female leads are highly romantic and sexualized. A member of the audience at the talk pointed out that in theatre and TV, it is accepted that a role is a role and an actor is an actor. They play a role. They don't have to be similar to the role in real life. In opera, we seem to be hanging on to the viewpoint that the gender and sexuality of the opera singers is pertinent to their ability to portray a role. 
To have whole genders almost entirely excluded from the industry is unacceptable and adds a whole new level to this topic. We can't even begin to safeguard people who aren't able to be in the industry in the first place. Okay, I promise solutions, or the beginnings of them anyway. Here are some thoughts. I really hope you'll forgive how serious this subject matter is. I'm actually fighting the urge to try and lighten it, but it really is no laughing matter for any of us that have experienced it, which I imagine is most of us. So, first of all, here's what to do if someone reports something to you, either as an individual or part of an organisation. Believe them always. Never dismiss someone that is reporting abuse. They may be put off trusting anyone else. You may be the only person they tell. If you're part of an organisation, find out the reporting procedure and follow it. Um, there should always be a reporting procedure in every organisation, even if it's not easy to find. Um, encourage the person who's reported something to you to report it themselves. Be an ally. Support them in any way that you can. If you witness inappropriate behaviour, call it out, either at the time if you feel that you'll be safe doing so or report it later. Tell the person experiencing the, the abuse that you saw it that it is not acceptable and that you'll be a witness if they need you to be. This is such a powerful thing to do. That person will almost certainly be doubting themselves and wondering if it is their fault. You can take that worry away from them. Consider reporting it yourself if that's appropriate under the circumstances. If you're the recipient of harassment, abuse or discrimination, rely on your friends and allies. Always tell someone, make sure you have people you trust around you. Report it officially if you possibly can. Relying on informal support from someone you trust can help you do this. Seek the help of charities and other organisations that are set up for dealing with what you've experienced. There is a list in the show notes of this podcast. About the imbalance of power, there are some enormously powerful figures in classical music. However, Matthew Rook made the critical point that the arts in the UK are largely publicly funded. Where there is public money behind an organisation, there has been an agreement made and signed to treat everyone involved with respect. Breaking that agreement could result in a loss of funding. Behind the powerful figures is often a board of trustees who may not be well known to you, but they are there and they are obliged to act if the funds that organisations rely on are put at risk. If they are made aware that their funding agreement is being broken, the balance of power may well shift significantly. In summary, here's how to find your power and your safety within the music industry. Be part of a collective or a network. Make sure you have like-minded people around you. Talk to each other and listen to yourself. What makes you feel uncomfortable when it happens to you or others tell you about something that's happened to them? Know what's in your power and what isn't. Um, what is in your power is to be an ally to others, uh, to not buy into bad cultures, stand up for your colleagues, know your rights and reporting structures within the organisations you work for, and to know where the money comes from and where the real power lies. What isn't within your personal power is to change freelance working rights in the wider culture overnight. <laughs> know the power of activism, self-belief and finding your people. 
I truly believe that the world is changing um, in terms of inclusivity and um, tolerance for discrimination within cultures. I believe that we are, as people and as an industry, making huge changes in this. I think the industry is behind the world in general, if I'm completely honest, but um, know that you're part of that change and not that you're going against the tide, I think. Um, social media is extremely powerful for this. It can be so much easier to to go against what feels like a tide if you actually if you can see on there, which you can, that there are so many other people going through similar things. Be a colleague and a nurturer, not a competitor. Show the music world how powerful that is. You can always find like-minded people at Polyphony Arts. Subscribe to Music Works where you can listen to lots more episodes about the classical music business and sign up to our mailing list on our website, www.polyphonyarts.com forward slash mailing dash list. We work with classical musicians on your careers and are currently taking bookings for our strategic career coaching programme. Do get in touch if you're interested in this. If you need professional help with a safety issue or you need to report something or talk to someone about anything in the industry, we have a list of organisations that can help you with various situations. Check out the show notes to find this. Music Works is generously supported by Alliance Musical Insurance, the UK's number one musical instrument insurer, serving the music community since 1960, proud to be the insurer of choice for over 70,000 musicians. Find out more at alliancemusic.co.uk. Thank you for listening. <laughs>